Hello, this is Father Michael Eads from the Toronto Oratory, and you're listening to Lexio et Oratio, a short spiritual reading podcast followed by a reflection. Mother Teresa, come be my light. The Private Writings of the Saint of Calcutta. Chapter 9 continued. Absolute Surrender to God's Will. This retreat in 1959 culminated in the final profession ceremony of the first group of sisters on April 12, 1959. Moved to tears of joy at the blessing she had witnessed, Mother Teresa wrote to Archbishop Perrier after the ceremony. My heart is full of gratitude to Almighty God for calling me and the sisters to this work, to the Church for finally accepting our final offering, and to you, our Father and friend, for all you have done, are doing, and are ready to do. I just had a good cry, for God has done so much for us. My thoughts and my heart are full of gratitude. During the retreat, she had written to the Archbishop, concerned that his successor might not understand and respect the charism of the missionaries of charity as he had. She suggested that, because of his advanced age and delicate health, the congregation be allowed the independent governance envisaged in the constitutions while remaining under his guidance. The Archbishop agreed and appointed Mother Teresa to be the Superior General. She humbly accepted this new responsibility. Through you, O Mother of God, I make my absolute surrender to God's holy will. Now, in accepting this nomination with faith and love and cheerfulness. Do with me whatever you will. I am at your disposal, your willing instrument. The Archbishop had also approved Mother Teresa's proposal to begin foundations outside of Calcutta. As a result, two new missions were opened in Ranki and Delhi later that year. With these foundations, the little seed was growing into a fruitful tree. Mother Teresa's desire to spread the fire of God's love amongst the poor, the sick, the dying, and the little children was being realized. With gratitude and wonder, she acknowledged this remarkable growth and her desire to do even more. This will bring you the best wishes and prayers of everyone the 85 sisters and 15 to come, people and children sick and dying, and our lepers in our 52 centers in Calcutta. What we owe your grace, only in heaven we can pay. Ten years ago at this time, we were just three of us. It was you who trusted the little seed so blindly. Today, when our sisters are going, in my heart, there is blind trust in the sacred heart. I offer each one of them to him alone. I hope one day 
He will help us to light the fire of charity in all the cities of India, where there are poor living in the slums. A charitable person took all our things to Ranki by lorry. The railway gave us 50% concession. To make sure I come back, they gave me for return also. How very wonderful is God in his simple, infinite love. I shall get all the papers as you have told, Reverend Father Van Exum. Instead of stifling her missionary impulse, the darkness seemed to invigorate it. Mother Teresa understood the anguish of the human soul that felt the absence of God, and she yearned to light the light of Christ's love in the dark hole of every heart buried in destitution, loneliness, or rejection. She recognized that whatever her interior state, God's tender care was always there, manifested through the small favors others did for her or unexpected conveniences that accompanied her undertakings. One of the fruits of her retreat with Father Picacci was a greater acceptance of her mysterious interior suffering. Surrender was becoming one of the key virtues in her life. Please, Father, pray very much for me that I may not spoil his work. Pray for me that I may forget myself completely in that absolute surrender to God's holy will. I use the retreat resolution as a prayer. I do not know how deeper will this trial go, how much pain and suffering it will bring to me. This does not worry me anymore. I leave this to him as I leave everything else. I want to become a saint according to the heart of Jesus, meek and humble. This is all that really matters to me now. Sister Mary Agnes does very well, and they have all taken the appointment beautifully. Thank God. She is a holy child. God will do great things through her. The sisters made a real fervent retreat. Now the fruit is coming. One virtue that is coming very much forward since the retreat is humility. Thank you, Father, for all you did. The only way I have to show you my gratitude is by offering everything in me for your intentions. The darkness, the loneliness and pain, the loss and the emptiness of faith, love, trust, these are all I have, and in all simplicity I offer them to God for your intention as a token of gratitude. Pray for me that I may not refuse God to accept everything and anything in absolute surrender to God's holy will, now and for life. Please destroy any letters or anything I have written. God wants me to open my heart to you. I have not refused. I am not trying to find the reason. Only, I beg you to destroy everything. Don't take the trouble to write. 
In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Angels of God, our guardians dear, to whom God's love commits us here. Ever this day be at our side, to light and guard, to rule and guide. Amen. Most sacred heart of Jesus, teacher of teachers, have mercy on us. Saint Philip Neri, gentle guide of youth, apostle of Rome, vessel of the Holy Ghost, pray for us. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Do you notice the kind of peace in Mother Teresa's letters from this period? Something great happened to her around this time. She suddenly became more peaceful in her darkness. There was a kind of acceptance of what God was doing. And not just an acceptance, a kind of embrace. There was a huge increase in her understanding of what was happening to her. Instead of just carrying the cross, instead of just carrying this darkness with a sort of grudging spirit, she began to embrace it as willed by God, as allowed by God, and peacefully. She wanted to be not the saint she imagined she could be, or the saint she always thought she would be, but to become the saint that God wanted her to be. She was willing to let him lead her wherever he wanted. But part of how she got this confidence was because the evidence of God's grace all around her. Remember, right before this, she hadn't wanted to go on this retreat. But gradually she accepted going. And in seeing the final profession, that is, sisters who were not just temporarily binding themselves to poverty, chastity, and obedience, and wholehearted service of the poor, but were doing it for life. That's the final profession. There's a period of trial where sisters temporarily vow these things, making sure they can do it, seeing if there's a good fit, seeing if it matches their desires of their heart, seeing if God is giving them the grace to live this way. And then after this trial, in one great moment, they offer to God for the rest of their lives, their bodies, their souls, they promise, they vow directly to God. That's what a vow is, a promise made to God. Chastity, perfect chastity, obedience, poverty, and wholehearted service to the poor. And you know, when Mother Teresa sees this, 85 sisters she's got now, got 15 more on the way, 100 sisters from three. And the first group of that 100 are now fully professed. Her dream has become a reality. She has women that have committed themselves to this for life. And they've got 52 centers. They're looking after all these people. By your fruits, you will know them. And so there was a great encouragement for Mother 
And she began to realize that the darkness, the suffering, was all part of God's plan. We don't have a right to see the fruits of our labors. The Lord doesn't promise us that we will see them. But from time to time, the Lord gives us some glimpse because he wants to encourage us. He doesn't encourage us to make us proud. He encourages us that we'll persevere. He encourages us that we'll keep going. He knows our weakness. But notice also how open Mother is to the goodness around her. Mother Teresa not only took encouragement, she gave encouragement. And she gave encouragement because she truly saw the good that God was doing in other people. And she wasn't envious. She wasn't sad that God was doing good things in other people. She wasn't sad that she even thought some of her sisters were holier than her. No, she rejoiced because her eyes were on Jesus. And if he was being glorified, she was happy. If he was being glorified by another sister, by another person more than by her, well, great. What matters is not her own glory. What matters is the glory of Christ. But none of this took away Mother Teresa's wisdom. She was very wise. Even her letters to the Archbishop were encouraging. She understood how to update him. She understood the kinds of things he needed to hear, he wanted to hear, not to flatter him, but to keep him excited about the work. It was her obligation to report, but the way she reported was inspired by the Holy Spirit. Mother Teresa understood how the human mind works. She understood not only human suffering, she also understood human motivation. Well, Mother Teresa, pray for us, that we might become true friends to each other, that we might recognize the people the Lord has connected to us in our lives, that we might say the good things that people need to hear. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen.